Glenn, I honestly don't even know what to say about Mary, did you know? I was trying to think of what I wanted to say, but I'm just, I'm just utterly surprised. <laughs> Thank you for that. Go check out the Cee Green version, though. It is actually really good. Okay. <laughs> I know there's a bunch of Mary, did you know haters out there. It's a good song, okay? Mary did know, spoiler alert. I mean, we, but anyways. All right. Well, church, for our time in the Word tonight, I would like to look at the opening words of the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John. Uh, the text will be on the screen, but if you have a Bible or you want to use one of those Black Pew Bibles, we're going to be in John 1, and in that Black Pew Bible, it's going to be on page 886. Now, for those of you who are familiar with the Bible, you would know that John is not a, a Christmassy text in the traditional sense. The Gospel of John doesn't contain really any details about the night that Jesus was born. There's no mention of Mary or Joseph. There's nothing about Jesus being laid in a manger. There's no shepherds, there's no angels, there's no nativity scene at all. But what the Gospel of John does, though, and here's why I want to go there, it creates a big picture for us to look at tonight. A big picture for us to behold this evening of what has God done by coming? Why does Jesus matter for us today? Because what we are celebrating tonight, and I hope if, if it's only for the next 20 minutes or so that we, you could focus your attention, focus your mind, I think that you will know be able to cast your eyes off of maybe some circumstances going on in your life to a Savior that I want you to behold, because I know that, because I've talked to many of you uh, in this room and those who are not in this room this evening, is I know there's many people in this church who are coming in tonight with pretty weary hearts, because either their loved ones are in hospital rooms, or their loved ones are maybe traveling during the storm, or maybe the, the reality of depression or the reality of addiction seems to be knocking at the door again. There are many hearts in this room, including my own, that I want us to be able to gaze our eyes on the supremacy of Christ once again, of why does he matter because where do you go, right? Where do you go when, when those realities happen? And we all know this is true, even though it's, right, it's Christmas Eve. Many of us love this time of year, but we also know that it comes with a lot of struggles. Maybe it's the first year without that person going to be sitting in your living room or at the Christmas table. We all come into this room this evening with different hearts, but the goal of all of us this evening is the same. And so the Gospel of John, instead of starting at the birth, it's actually going to zoom out to the beginning of all of creation. Where we're going to see that the Jesus that we're celebrating is not just someone who happened to come at one point in one, histor in one point in history, but rather Jesus is God who always is and always will be. But I'm going to go ahead, I want to pray one more time for us before I actually read our text. And as I'm praying for you, I'd ask that you pray for me. And then we'll read the Gospel of John together. Well, Father, I want to just pray and ask that you would illuminate your word for us this evening. 
that we would be able to just directly see who you are. That every single person in here, including our littlest minds, that you may just give them just a, the disposition of, of celebration. That you would maybe tune all of our hearts to be able to, to see your grace a little more clearly this evening. And we ask that according to your mighty, mighty personhood and mighty word. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So let me go ahead and read. It'll be on the screen as well, but let me read John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14. And the, word of, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus, Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Church, that is the word of the Lord for us this evening. So three quick things this evening, church, that I want to help your, your hearts and your eyes reoriented back to, maybe for the first time. The first is that Jesus is the word of eternity. Eternity. John begins with the language of in the beginning, which is an echo of where, church? From the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, where if you were to read, you would see that it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So why is John using that same language? Because what John wanted his audience to understand, and really us by extension tonight, is to understand that Jesus was not just some afterthought. He was not some created being that God thought of to come into the world when he looked at the state of things. But rather, Jesus was and is God. Always will be. Always has been. Sorry, I'm not used to wearing a tie. As many of you guys pointed out, thank you. <laughs> but Jesus is the all-powerful. The book of Hebrews actually tells us that the, the glory and the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus. He is the creator of all things. Nothing was made outside of him. And so as you think about a baby Jesus, maybe lying in the manger, right? If you think about that nativity scene tonight, 
we know that the most powerful person in the entire world, in all of the cosmos, the one who is before all things, that's the baby we're looking at. The one that was before all things. The one in whom holds all things together. The one who got off his throne. The one who encoded himself in our DNA, clothed himself in our humanity, and decided to come for people like you and I. You see, Jesus' coming was a declaration of not only God's love for his people, but also his power, also his redemption, also his foreknowledge. Because although he had every right to remain on his throne, the world in which he created was dark. It was dark with sin and depravity. And ever since the garden, Adam and Eve, our first parents, ever since they sinned and rebelled, they turned their back on the good God who created them. And we have followed in those same footsteps, right? We all have believed that we could do things better than God. That we could be better gods of our own life. And because of that, sin and depravity sunk into all of the world. And what we see in verse 4 then is not only is Jesus before all things, that he was in the beginning, but if you look at verse 4, it says that in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Think about it this way, church. If you were to walk into a dark room, no windows, no natural light, it was pitch black in there, what would you do? Would you paint the room? No, you would not paint the room. Paint in and of itself does not bring light. Would you rearrange the furniture? No, you wouldn't do that either. And maybe kids, let me talk to you for a second since you're in the room. When you walk into a dark room, what do you do to make it brighter? What do you do? Any ideas? You turn on the light, right? You turn on the light, and that's what God did in a way, is when Jesus came into the world, it was as if God was bringing light into a place where it did not exist before. And so what is the light? What is the light of life of men? It's Jesus. He's the light of the world. We see John over and over again, and just does these few verses talk about how Jesus is the light. We see this record of John the Baptist saying that he came to bear witness about the light. He was not the light. He was trying to show people where the light was by pointing their eyes to Christ. And what happens when light comes into a dark place. What does the darkness do? It flees. You realize that darkness never wins the battle against light. It's not a yin-yang thing. Light always wins. And so when Jesus came into the world and was the light and life of men, it was a declaration, a foreshadow, if you will, of his victory that was to come. So churches, we think about Jesus coming into the world as the light. We know that he came in because he could bring something that we could not do ourselves. God did not say, just 
Have a makeover within yourself, right? Rearrange your life. Have a new perspective. No, when God looked at a sin and dark-filled world, what did he do? He sent his son. He sent Christ. See, we needed something better than just a makeover. In the same way as a dark room needs something better than just a makeover. And what Christmas is all about, church, is that God not only just sent something better, but he sent himself. He sent himself. Which brings me to my last point. In verse 14, if you look at at your Bibles, we see that Jesus was the word becoming flesh and dwelling amongst us, not only to bring light into the world, but also in a unique way, church, in a unique way, we are able to now see the glory of God. The glory of God. You see, in the Old Testament, you see these partial pictures of God's people saying, Lord, I want to see your glory. I want to see you. I want to understand. I want to know what you're like. But they're only able to see these partial aspects of God's glory. That's why if you look down at verse 18, it says that no one has ever seen God. But when Jesus was born, get this church, when Jesus was born, God made his glory known. He made his glory known. And here's what I want you to walk away thinking about tonight as we walk out of here this Christmas Eve. Is what Christmas teaches us is that we no longer have to wonder what God is like. We no longer have to wonder, is God in control? Is God good? Does God care? What Christmas Eve reminds us is that God loves us and has come for you, sinner. Has come for people like you and I. Has come for everybody who knows that they need something better in their life than just themselves. And God came to put his full glory on display. Jesus himself said, in speaking to his disciples at one point, when they're asking, hey, Jesus, we want to see God the Father. This is what Jesus responds in John 14. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. So you want to know who God is like? You look to Jesus. You want to know the glory of God? Well, guess what? In that manger, we see the glory of God on display. Because we know what that baby will grow up to do. Will grow up to do. So we remember that God cares. Jesus coming proves that. Jesus coming proves that God is working all things together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. But remember, Jesus came to invade darkness. He came to invade the darkness of sin and depravity that we all find ourselves in. He came as Savior, Christ, the Lord. So here's what I want and ask that you would do this evening. I know it's not very, maybe, cheery in some ways, 
You don't find a whole lot of Christmas songs talking about this element. But Christmas Eve is a time for you to be honest about yourself. Christmas Eve is a a time where you can be honest about your own sin. You can be honest with God. He knows. Why pretend? And allow what the hope of Christmas Eve is to remind your own heart, remind your own soul that Jesus knows the darkness that surrounds you, that surrounds me, that surrounds every single one of us. But Jesus came to invade that darkness by pronouncing his victory over it. That sin no longer has to be your master, no longer has to be, have you in bondage anymore. Light came to push back the darkness. That's the God we worship, church. That's the God in whom came a holy night all these years ago. He came to declare himself, to show his victory. And so when we, I'm going to pray here in just a moment. But as I am doing that, can I ask you, maybe for the first time for some of you, maybe for others, you've done this many times in your life. But simply thank God that he decided to come into a dark world. That he did not just say, well, they got themselves into this mess. They can get themselves out. Because he knew. He knew that we couldn't. And so he came. That's what we're celebrating tonight, church. That's the God we worship. That's the Christ of Christmas. Let me go ahead and pray, and then we're going to respond in song. Well, Father, I thank you that we, we just had a, just a few moments where we could just remember that you came into this world. That you came to be the light in life of men like me. Those that did not deserve you coming. Those who were an enemy of you. Those who thought that we could do better without you. But yet you came. You revealed yourself. And God, I pray for every single person in this room that we would turn from those sins and we would trust in the Savior that has come. And God, we thank you for that first advent. The first advent that promises us and reminds us that you are good and you care for us. Jesus, it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.